Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 250. That must be lucky in some way, don't you think? Such a nice, even round number. And I do feel lucky because you're going to meet Tina Singh, somebody I have known. I forgot when we were talking to clarify with Tina how long I've known her, but it's got to be more than a decade now. I remember when she was kind of first getting started, and I've seen her take some big, courageous steps in her career, and she just continues continues to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And now she's launched a collective. I remember hearing about this, that Tina had this amazing collective, and I assumed it was like other collectives that we're aware of, where you just rent space and sure you're there to collaborate from time to time, but it's less of an official thing. The way Tina's done her collective is very different. Independent businesses who actually come together and work on a single project and share in the profit. I think it's a pretty complicated uh, structure and a complicated complicated business model, which is why at the end of the interview, I asked Tina, do you think you would come to a business of design live and teach everyone how to do that kind of collective? Because I don't know about you, when I first started my business, I would have given anything to have a team of collaborators who would help me get through those first projects, particularly if we're all working uh, a systematic linear project management strategy like I do now at business of design. So I think that's going to be awesome. We'll keep you posted. Tina Singh is going to come and teach how to run her collective the way that she does it. Might be food for thought for some of you. You should definitely find Tina and follow her at Lionsgate Design on Instagram, Facebook, and that's her website as well. And that's lionsgatedesign.ca. We are going to hear from Cheryl Horn, but first let me tell you about Tina Marie Singh. She is the founder and creative director of the well-known award-winning interior design and decor firm Lionsgate Design Inc. And as I said, the founder of Lionsgate Design Collective. She's been in business for over a decade and has helped thousands of clients with designing and decorating their dream spaces. She has also helped other like-minded home professionals take their business to the next level by creating the Design Collective. Tina is all about customer satisfaction and great design, and I'm sure that strikes a chord with all of you. As you listen to the episode, keep in mind, I have absolutely no idea how she runs her collective when we start talking, and it sort of reveals itself. We get there finally, but of course, there isn't enough time on the podcast to fill in all the details. So as I said, we'll ask Tina to come to a BOD Live, and we'll learn straight from her, and I'm looking forward to that. You'll hear in Tina's voice that she has a super positive attitude, and in fact, she talks about keeping a positive mindset. I love in her application something she said, which never came up during the show, and that is she never fails. She either succeeds or she learns. That's a great perspective. I'm going to remember that. It reminds me of my GPS. You know, when you put your GPS, you put in the coordinates and you're driving somewhere and you turn right and you should have turned left. The GPS never says, you idiot, you should have turned left. It says recalculating. I think that's such a good way to live. So I never fail. I either succeed or I recalculate. (laughs) Cheryl, how often does your GPS tell you it's recalculating? Oh, well, I think less so now that it's all like, you know, through the actual car and Google Maps and all that. But definitely when I used to have a separate GPS, it never accounted for like construction 
or, <laughs> you know, the unexpected that isn't, or, you know, a subdivision randomly popped up and there's a new set of lights. So uh, I would say it used to happen all the time, but less so now. Tina and I were talking about how her philosophy in life is that she never fails. She either succeeds or she learns. And that reminded me of the GPS, how it never makes me wrong. It never says, you moron. Why did you go that way? It just says, recalculating. Yeah, it still, gets be, you. Yeah. yeah, it still gets you where you want to go. It That's just might it. be a longer path than you planned. Right. And what's so bad about that some days? Nothing. Anyway, I digress. How are you? The scenic what's route. Happening? You take the scenic route. Exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, a lot's happening at Business of Design. Um, you know, we're wrapping up the year, um, you know, which is actually what we're going to talk about at the next BOD Live in December, which is December 15th. Um, you know, how do you wrap up the end of your year to really, you know, signify that the um, yeah. that your year is coming to an end? Well, how do you prep for the next year? And but more so, how do you wrap up the current one? But how do you put um, a bow on it? Exactly, exactly. But once we get into the new year, uh, it's sort of all hands on deck here because we are finally back to live events, which I know our team is so excited about. So in January, we are headed back to Las Vegas market. So we've got, uh, we are doing the BOD 15 uh, at Las Vegas market. And it's been so long since we've uh, actually gotten to do those live. Right. I know. I'm, I'm so excited. It is. So we've we've broken it down into three days. It's three morning seminars. And we've done it that way so that you can learn with us in the morning. And then you have the afternoons to explore market. So uh, as you know, most of our listeners know, the BOD 15 is broken down into three phases. Uh, so day one is going to be project initiation, which is steps one and two. Day two is design research presentation, which is steps three to five. And then we're going to cover project management on day three, which is steps six to 15. That sounds like a lot to cover <laughs> in, those, be, in those three days. It's going to be very intense. There's no question about it. But the fact of the matter is, if you get the first two phases right, the third phase should go smoothly. And that's where most of us run into trouble. So uh, it does work. Yes. And if you've ever done an event with us, uh, you know what we mean by it's going to be intense learning. So, uh, you uh, you know, most people that have been inquiring do plan to sign up for all three days, but you do have the option to just sign up for a single day. I know I've had conversations even with um, members who are like, you know, I'm so good at phase two, but phase one, you know, that's where I need help. Um, so tickets, the non-member price per day is $6.95. Members are going to save $100 per day. And then of course, there's additional savings if you do join us for all three days. Um, if you're a non-member, you're going to save $300. And if you're a member, you're going to save $600. So that's a lot of numbers in there. Um, you can get <laughs> yeah. your tickets and all of the details are online. What I absolutely failed to mention was the actual dates, which are super important. Uh, January 24th to 26th, it's a Monday to Wednesday. And again, that's right in the middle of Las Vegas market. So you can join us for the mornings and you've got, uh, you can plan your afternoons for where you want to go at, uh, at the market. You didn't fail to mention those dates. You recalculated. Really? And then you I recalculated. Yeah. <laughs> I still got there. I just took the scenic route. Yeah. Awesome. Of okay. Course. Everybody come to Vegas. Janine and I are going to be hanging out there and we don't want to be by ourselves, but we do want to have pretty intense mornings and then go shopping with you all in the afternoon and look at all the furniture and trends and all that kind of stuff. So Cheryl, thanks so much. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Be well. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. 
Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Everybody, you're about to meet Tina Singh. And I think this conversation, Tina, correct me if I'm wrong, is like two years in the making. We've been trying to convince Tina to come on the show because she has so much wisdom and she's killing it in her business. And we've been trying to convince you for two years. What has taken so long, Tina? (laughs) I think what's happened, well, it was before pre-COVID. Like we had this scheduled and then COVID hit, right? So yeah, just... uh, Crazy times. Life is busy, yeah. And, you know, I hear of you uh, through various people that we know in common, and I know you're doing well. I don't necessarily know what that means, but you had said something about wanting to take your business to the next level, and we hear that a lot. So when you say that, what do you even mean by that? So I, I mean by, like, obviously we have to start somewhere, right? So by taking your business to the next level, it's just kind of knowing where you are and, and where you're wanting to take your business to. So um, I feel that, you know, I believe that you know you're ready when you start feeling, you know, overwhelmed, you're taking on too much, and just knowing that the workload can be supported with some other help by bringing, you know, a team member in. So is taking it to the next level in your mind, does that mean bringing, it sounds like it means bringing on additional help? Yeah. So bringing on additional help or kind of what I did is just thinking kind of outside the box. Like how can we collaborate with other designers, home professionals, decorators, stagers, so that I find that you're, you're better as a team, right? So Taking it to the next level is in hiring on new staff or just collaborating with other like-minded entrepreneurs. And have you done both of those things? I know you've done one of them and I want to talk to you about your collective, but have you done both of those things? I have. So I do have uh, an interior stylist. She's been with me for 12 years. Sorry, 10 years now. (laughs) It feels like 12 years. Right. Yeah. She's been phenomenal. Sarah, uh, my right hand girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure I met her before. So did you add someone else? I did. So pre-COVID, yes, I had a full team. So I had another designer. I had a receptionist. But once COVID hit and we had to close the doors, I unfortunately had everyone had to kind of um, go home and wait until things started opening back up. Because yeah. you have also a retail component of your to your styling business. We should have explained that to everybody off the top. How does that work? What's your business model look like? So I do have a showroom. It's 5,000 square foot studio space. And in the front area, there is a small retail section so that when we have our design and decorating clients, they can come into the studio and actually look at the products and, you know, make some purchases or we incorporate that into our decorating jobs. Mm -hmm. How have you found that? Is it A, profitable and B, and or is it B, you're just kind of, it's kind of a way of clearing out inventory that gets tired after you've had it for a while in staging, or is it both of those things? 
actually both of those things. So yeah, because we do use the product. Um, we'll, we generally will set up with one item and then we have stock in our warehouse and then that stock we'll use for vacant staging or photo shoots. Um, and then we just sell kind of the, the floor models. So have it's very you- profitable. Oh, oh, I like, oh, very profitable. I like that. <laughs> so you've taken time to actually, and, and this is why I said off the top, you know, Tina runs a very mature business. I know you, you run a sophisticated, profitable business. So you've taken time to analyze and, and said to yourself, like, it does make sense for us to keep this front of house retail operation open. And does it require a lot of your staff time or how does it work? Is it a busy place or is it just only occasionally someone will come in to do some purchasing? Yeah. So it's only occasionally when some people come in, they'll make appointments. Like just recently, like with COVID, I really had to pivot as I'm sure a lot of businesses did. Right. Um, I did hire a chief sales executive. So she's been running kind of the, the, the shop part of things. And then we've done an online shop now. So she's really curated some pieces and is really running that part. Cause it is almost like a full-time job just trying to sell the product. Right. Um, because the decorating and design jobs aren't always, um, like a quick transaction, right? Obviously it's a process when you're going through with decorating and design clients. So, yeah. And have you had enough time to figure out if the online sales are, uh, in line with the retail brick and mortar sales? Are they equal? Is one better than the other? The online has been better than the, the brick and mortar. Yeah. (laughs) My face just went, really? Wow. So a lot of people listening, because what I'm imagining is somebody right now is listening to the podcast. They're driving to a client meeting. They're going, well, I've always wondered if I should have a retail store. I think I'm going to do it. And it's interesting that you say, hmm, no, the online stuff is actually doing better. And who's buying online? Is it other designers? Is it it clients? Or are they people who've never met you? They just happen to find you? Kind of a bit of everything. Yeah. People just kind of finding us and hearing about us through their friends and family. Um, it started off with a Facebook group. I kind of did it that way. It was an exclusive Facebook group. They join and then they just kind of, you know, Jennifer would do some little videos and things like that. And then people would start buying online and letting her know, oh, I would like to buy that. People do need to see like pictures are different, right? So we kind of have a little bit of mix of pictures and a little bit of video because video they're saying is going a long way, right? It's better to do video for all things, right? With social media. Yeah, you can you can get a better sense of where the seams, can I see the screws? Like, <laughs> is it finished on all sides or do I have to put it against a wall? Like, there's just so many questions when you're buying something online. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, and uh, so then have you put more effort and time then into the online component? Yes, actually, that took about six months to get up and running because we also created a membership site. So trying to think of different areas uh, and avenues of income, right? So with a membership site, we have three different levels. So there's a premium, a premium plus, and a VIP level. So people can buy into these memberships. So we have a free online group where people can see the product and buy. But if they become a member, they will save on product, save taxes. So obviously, that's a nice incentive, right? And they pay a monthly fee. Or they pay up front for a year and they save an extra Amazing. That's so clever. Okay. So just because now I know people are going to go, wait, I want to buy two. Do you sell all over North America? Do you only sell in Canada? Is it, and and also is your product in stock and ready to go? 
So the product that's online is in stock and ready to go. Um, it can be pre-ordered, but now with COVID and all of our supply chains, right, it's getting more and more difficult to get products. So I try to stock up um, earlier on, right? Um, Sorry, what was the question again? No, I would say <laughs> I'm having that day too. Tina knows I was totally late to our interview, which is shameful because I was so looking forward to it. But I have a turkey in the oven. I can barely function. Like there's a, it's a legitimate uh, Thanksgiving day. And I have some girlfriends who are coming and we've decided it's, it's we're supposed to call it now Friendsgiving day. So it's Friendsgiving day. Um, I don't remember the question either. It doesn't matter. An hour and a half from now, I'll have a martini in my hand and it won't matter one bit. But we do want to make sure anybody listening who's thinking, hey, I want to get in on this. I want to try this out, uh, knows the details. So tell us the name of your website. Uh, tell us how we can find you. Yes. So you can find us at lionsgatedesign.ca. And um, there is a, a membership section on the actual website that you could go on and click on that. But anyone, designers, stagers, homeowners, anyone could uh, become members and start uh, shopping. You know, it's amazing. When I graduated from design school in 1991, there were a lot of shops that had inventory and you could go in and you could buy a sofa and an end table and a lamp and you could have those things delivered to your project relatively quickly. And now um, every year we've lost more and more suppliers who have any inventory at all. And I wonder now if we've reached that tipping point with supply chain demands, which you mentioned, and now suddenly suppliers are thinking, hmm, if I have some inventory, that might actually give me a leg up over the competitors. Because the question I've been, I've been for the last month and a half, two months, sourcing almost exclusively product that is in stock landed where the project is, because we're just being so disappointed with delay times. I'm just, you know, so I wonder if you're just perfectly ahead of the curve here. Mm -hmm. Well, I try to be right. Cause I kind of knew supply was going to be limited. So I try to order and stock, uh, stock up. I mean, again, if you have that warehouse space, right, where you can actually hold all the inventory, then it's definitely beneficial. It does, uh, it does help. So now you, you seem like you're in a pretty good place. You somehow survived COVID and things seem to be opening back up. Are you thinking more about how am I going to take my business to the next level? And specifically, what would the next level be? What are you missing that you, you wish you had in your business? So that's a very good question, Kimberly. So I'm thinking now taking the business to the next level, just building my collective team. So again, just helping other designers, decorators, stagers, home professionals, where we can all work together again as a team. We all have different strengths, right? And I just find by building that team, we can all support one another um, and just be kind of under one roof, market together, collaborate and work on projects together. We're not working under one company. Everyone is still running their own businesses, but we are a collective where we all work together and, and have that same kind of mission and wanting to, you know, make sure the client experience is a good one. Essentially, they're renting space in the group. And are they mm -hmm. actually renting physical space in, in your, at your office as well? I have a contractor and a furniture refinisher that are renting space. They are. So that's all that I have room for. But it's a space, a resource area where as a team, we can collectively all meet together to meet the client. Because generally with our collective team, we all work on a project together. Right. So whenever we meet with clients, they know we're a collective team that say someone takes a vacation, 
the other designer or decorator will be there to help support the project so that it doesn't go to a halt. So okay. We can all rely on one I don't think I understand how your collective works. I'm going to just back up because <laughs> the other collectives that I'm aware of each runs their own business and they get together mm-hmm. from time to time to help each other create a brainstorm or solve problems. But my client is my client. Your client is your client. What are you saying? How, how does your collective work? So, yeah, so my collective works a lot differently than that. So with my collective, again, we're part, we're, we're a team, but running our own businesses. So how it works is if we say, for example, I bring in a client, my collective team will be on the project because we'll have a project lead project manager. So again, like I was mentioning about our strengths, we'll kind of incorporate and work on that project based on whoever brings the job in. So if I was to bring a job in, I'd be the project lead. And then we have project managers, designer, decorator. We all go out on site at the end for styling day, right? So the client will always see us as a collective team, but they will know that we all have our own our own businesses. And then the same goes for the other, you know, um, professional. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Jane and I join the collective and you bring in a client and then you bring in another client and you bring in another client, but I don't have any clients to bring in. What happens then? And how does Jane get paid? So we each um, pay, so we invoice each other individually and we've set a certain um, number, right? Within our collective of how we would get paid. And then rather than the client paying each individual person, we all get paid for the project. And we figured out a percentage structure within the team on how that would look like. Okay, this is super interesting. And then if you, um, what happens if you had a project where you didn't need one person who was on the team, that person just wouldn't be paid for that project? Correct. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Now I think I understand a little bit more of the risks. Like, is it, Mm. how do you clearly delineate who does what? Is that a really, is that quite simple because everybody has a very defined role or does that get tricky? Um, I think at this point, everyone has their own defined role because of who's in the collective. That's why I was saying we want to keep it boutique. If obviously if you have you know, five or 10 different designers that do the exact same thing, it would be a little bit trickier, right? So we have each individual person has their own strengths and their own kind of niche, right? So for example, like I like doing transitional versus someone else who might just do strictly modern. So that'd be a perfect project for that, you know, designer to do the modern project, but we could help assist with styling, things like that for the project, Amazing. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Did you, how did you come up with this concept? I don't know. I actually, I think when I very first thought of my company name, I thought of it being something big and I've always been supportive of, you know, others. And I just thought rather than, you know, doing things alone, it's nice to actually grow with others and support people. Good for you. So leveling up for you then would be just increasing the size of your collective by some number. Have you done some analytics also and thought about in terms of your finances and profitability? What does that look like? Yeah. So in looking at that, 
it, that's why it's always good to be um, having the independent contractors come in, right? That versus hiring them on because you have to think of all, you know, CPP, all of those things. So um, with the profit levels, it's good to kind of figure out, work it out on a yearly basis, whatever their yearly salary is, then figure out on a monthly basis and then a daily basis and figure out, okay, um, profit wise, how much would that person need to bring in? I think as Kimberly in the business of design, you even say like somebody's salary, you times it by three or four to um, make up so that you at least profit on that job, right? Yeah. Are you in the, are you the person in the position where these other people in the collective are coming to you and saying, I want to raise, I need to make more money. I need more hours. No, no, She's shaking her head no. And I'm like, wow, I'm just, <laughs> this is, I did not see this coming because I knew you had a collective, but I thought, oh, it's like other collectives that we're aware of. No. So that's what makes this collective different. And I think I'd like to teach it for other people, like join together, like rather than hiring on staff, I mean, you could have one or two staff members, but collaborate with other designers and decorators, right. And, and grow your team that way. And then just pay each other, you know, individually. We would love to have you teach that to the business of design community for anybody who's interested, but we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you about that afterwards. I, I just want to um, make sure in all of this, I know you care so much about other people and you're probably worried about the people on your team and making sure everybody is good. Who looks after you? Who's in charge of making sure you have what you need and you're reaching your goals? I find with me, so I do, I believe in coaches, coaches in all areas of your life, right? Fitness coach, um, business coach, mindset coach. So I find having the right mindset and always thinking positive, being grateful each day um, is just, yeah, I find that um, coaching really, really helps and being in communities. Mm -hmm. Do you have like, and do you have an abundance uh, mantra that you use regularly? I do. And you know what? I actually used to always say, <laughs> I used to always say, I have to pay my bills. I have to pay my bills. And then now I actually say my clients are going to pay for my bills. And you know what? I find when you're open to receiving, it will come and your clients actually do pay for your bills. Yeah. You know what? That's such a good point. And I love at the end of the year, this time of the year, we'll write a little note to clients and we'll just tell them what's happened with our team. You know, Kathy had a baby, Cheryl bought a house, you know, Randy got a new car and all of that is in part because you're amazing clients who have taken care of us this year. So thank you so much. I, I also like the idea of, and I think of this a lot, responsible stewardship of my money. When I go to someone and I ask, what does it cost? And they give me a number and I'm like, oh my God, that seems like a lot. I think, you know what? this person probably is going to be able to feed their family and pay their car bill and put their kids through school because I'm going to make this purchase. And so I can be responsible with my money and make sure it goes to people, to human beings I know and in my community, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. Amazing. Well, you know, we like to end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind? Oh, you caught me off guard there. Let me see. <laughs> um, I think really for me, what's mind blowing is is just, you know, being grateful for what you have. And, you know, just like the secret, just feel, believe, ask, and, you know, everything will be all right. Just positive mindset. Well, it seems to be working really well for you. And I hope you have a 
wonderful holiday season. We're just about to kick off the holiday craziness. Are you in good shape for the holidays? Are you behind the eight ball? How are you poised? Uh, I'll have to be honest, I'm behind the eight ball, but I plan to get on it this weekend. (laughs) I just wonder if COVID hasn't given us all permission to just reset and rethink and make things a little simpler going forward. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm going to I'm going to pretend it has anyway, even if it hasn't. I'm that's what I'm going to do. Tina, <laughs> thank you so so much for today. It was amazing to see you. Thank you Kimberly. It was nice to see you. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.